kill you, baby! Welcome back! It's so good to see you. Hello, Mr. Spinning. You said you wanted me again for another Miracle Johnson video? <laughs> Not exactly, Kiryu. I'd like you to meet my client, Strange Ed Yaskowitz. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Strange Ed? International parody sensation, Strange Ed. His latest video, Jimmy Dean, about breakfast sausage sold albums like crazy. So we've got this new idea. Griller! What? Griller! It's Griller Night. Mr. Spinning said you did such a good job with the zombies. So, my idea was that we could have dads wearing aprons and holding grilling tools in Weird, Ed, uh, Weird Ed's video. Uh, don't get it. Many of Mr. Yaskowitz's song about, songs are about food or eating. I also write songs about TV shows. Uh, I still don't get it, but okay, let's do this. Excellent! Bring in the dogs! I got my apron on! Who's hungry? I'm hungry. Hey, hungry. I'm Dad. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Protect Strange Ed from Dad zombies! Hey! What? Ugh. Oh, wow, you weren't kidding when you said this guy got into his role. Kiryu's pretty enthusiastic. I just wish he would wait until the director said, Action! I think we're going to need more dads. No, that was my favorite apron. Hey baby, hear the game to call in. Backlogs growing at a long rates. Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused. RP gamers, Kev will set you straight. Ha 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 ha! But Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we're your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I'm your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me as always, my podcast partner in crime, the Kiryu to my Majima. Mr. Matt Mason. I've got my diaper on and I'm ready to go kart racing. Do I have the right game? Um, no. Uh, Closer uh, than no, you think? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so close and yet so far. Oh, um, th that, that voice you heard was Josh Carpenter. Hey there. We've also got uh, Sam Walker. I'm ready to talk about this game. <laughs> pa Pascal uh, Takaya. Uh, I'm about to disappear back into the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan McCarthy. Uh, hey. And, and if you haven't guessed it yet, we, we are talking about a Yakuza game. It is Yakuza Zero. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> my everywhere! Uh, go uh, wrong, the... wrong Yakuza game, Sam. He's still go, going everywhere in my heart, Ryan. It's okay. <laughs> and hey, he's, you... a, he's also everywhere in my heart. Hey, you get to play Majima in this one. Oh. You get to be in the 80s, in the boom times. Yes, it, and I couldn't even tell it was the 80s, to be honest, until they said it's the 80s, or when uh, Michael, I mean Miracle Johnson, showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Le Michael. Legally distinct Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
<laughs> kind of interesting him showing up in a Sega game with his history with Sega. Yeah. Yeah, really. Um, but yes, um, going back to the 80s, maybe doing some disco dancing, some slot car racing. Who knows? It'll it'll be easy to get distracted on the show, much like you get distracted in a Yakuza game. But uh, story-wise, this is the first one in the timeline. And I think we are going to take a brief musical interlude with some characters. Probably some disco or karaoke music, depending on what I can find, and then we'll be back to just dive into this monster. So stick around. And welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now getting into Yakuza 0, released in Japan on PS3 and PS4 on March 12th, 2015. And then it came to the U.S. on January 24th, 2017. And then Windows in 2018, Xbox in 2020, and Amazon Luma in 2021. I didn't. I, I was like, bringing up the obscure systems because it amuses me when games end up on those. Hey, hey, that cloud system is still around. <laughs> One of the only ones, apparently. Um, but yes, so, so th- this game takes place, place in the 80s, and it's when Kiryu was kind of a fresh young Yakuza. Um, not really the Kiryu we know. He, he's kind of naive. Uh, I still mean, that's, this- that's kind of the interesting thing. I mean, it starts out, Kiryu is always like this stoic, you know, like, model yakuza in the later games and i mean this one i mean he starts out with just like very much being a traditional yakuza you know he's beating up a guy who owes a debt to pay you know to get the money out of him for a debt collector yeah beats up this guy beats him to a pulp and leaves him in this little you know like square of a (laughs) of a piece of land and of course that kind of is where the story kicks off where you know like it turns out that you know, like unbeknownst to cure you, someone came back and killed that guy and left him dead yeah. on this one little postage stamp, uh, you know, uh, spot of land in the middle of uh, Camarotro. And and it's kind of turns into the, the middle of this huge land deal because like the they're trying to gather up all the land that's going to become the, uh, oh crap, what's the name of the tower? Millennium, Millennium Tower. Millennium Tower. Tower. There we go. So this is pre-Millennium Tower. They're trying to get together the land yep. to actually build it. Yep, and you have issues yeah. like... Uh, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Kamurocho Revitalization Re- Project. I think the game calls it. Yes. Now, now refresh my memory. Kamurocho is supposed to be Shibuya, right? No. It's, or, I think, it's, it's an area in Shinjuku. It's supposed to oh, be Sh- uh, Kabukijo. Kabukijo. Oh, okay. My bad. No worries. Uh, uh, but yeah, so the big central point in this game is a dispute over an empty lot. And after the guy is murdered, there's suspicion that Kiryu's the one who did it because obviously he beat the living shit out of him. 
there's also the other side of the story, which is they're also looking for the person who owns that patch of land, um, who becomes central in, I believe it's Majima's story. Right. Because <laughs> uh, yep. yep. the story now jumps from uh, Kamurocho to Sotenbori. Sotenbori. Uh, yeah, and in Sotenbori, you have Majima, who is the basically like the maitre d' of this cabaret club. You know, he's most important person there he makes sure everything runs nice and smooth he protects the girls and if you get a little rowdy and out of hand he punches you in the face mm-hmm. um, at this point he's been exiled by the doji clan and he's very desperate in his own way to rejoin the clan because it is the thing that gave him a sense of identity mm-hmm. so he kind of is forced back into becoming a hitman and his target is the owner of the empty lot and the owner of the empty lot happens to be a helpless little blind girl that you can tell Majima immediately uh, feels sorry for. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Haven't we just glossed over I, like 15 hours I, of story? I, well, yeah. I'm trying to simplify here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so, go ahead, Brian. Like, it's interesting because Majima is initially like led to think, think uh, that Makoto is like this guy who's fucking running a prostitution ring. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, like, no, and, then he's, and then he's like shocked to find out that the the guy the guy that he thinks is Makoto is actually like her caretaker, mm-hmm. like this like this strong the strong guy Chinese guy yeah but basically that was the person who saved her from what amounted to sex slavery because her her backstory is that she was sold into sex slavery and she's been looking for the man with the bat tattoo that uh, did that ever since at least that's who her caretaker's been looking for so curious stories about finding the owner of the empty lot and majima's story the majority of the game is protecting the girl and then things start crossing over uh because the owner of the real estate company uh ends up at the hospital at one point and you eventually see him with a bat tattoo and it's like oh shit but it, no, then his uh, partner uh, yeah. A- yeah. has the bat tattoo and actually was the person who sold her in slavery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of an interesting web that it was woven, but su- surprisingly easy to follow. I know Yaku's uh, games can get kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if yeah, I feel like it it does a good job like of knowing when uh, yeah, it's good at like it give it gives you a good idea of what exactly you should be paying attention to. I think mm-hmm. it's the thing. Like the the emotion through line is pretty clear even with all, all the details. Now, um is this the first time Majima's playable? Technically no. Okay. Um yeah. so the first time he was ever playable was in Dead Souls. Oh. Well, uh, which we don't there. speak okay. of. <laughs> it's dead to us. So this is the first time he's ever been. Well, the first time for us Americans that he's been playable. No, we had, no, no, we got no, that. We got Dead Souls. We got it. Oh, we did. It act- yes. Yeah, we did. Oh, I okay. reviewed it. It, it. it actually, I think it even, I think it actually almost killed the series over here. Okay. Oh, the first good game that that Kiryu is playable. No, that Majima. Or Majima, sorry. Um, and I, I know that Kiryu's been kind of a. a crazy character this whole game so was it kind of weird seeing him be serious for once yeah i mean it's like majima you always just get those little glimpses of him you know you know he's always like popping up and going kiryu chan and wanting to wanting to fight with kiryu and prove how tough he is and you never before this really got a sense of like what 
you know, what caused him to be quite so weird and crazy. And th- this is quite a like a serious, somber backstory he gets. You, I mean, you you really do see like why he's missing an eye. Mm-hmm. I think part of that, the power of Majuma's story in this is the fact that he has a lot at stake. He is so desperate to get back into the clan that he's willing to do anything and everything it takes. And as he starts to lose so much throughout the story, the facade slowly starts to change. And it makes for like an interesting a bit of growth for his character because we're so used to you know, I'm crazy. Also, here's my construction company that I just made now. Because <laughs> uh, even a lot of his side stories and a lot of like the characters that he deals with on the side don't bring that side of him out. Um, in fact, I would argue like Kiryu um, equally has a different kind of facade in this game as well. And I think that's part of the fun of having it being in the 80s is you get to sort of establish that these two men were very, very different people Mm -hmm. and everything that they have dealt with has transformed them into what we now see in the other games. I mean, this is also the only other game we get Nishikiyama. Mm -hmm. And you learn that Nishikiyama is actually a really fun character in this game. Whereas in Yakuza 1, he's kind of just the tool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you get... Well, I mean, this game really gives you a sense, like, he was... When you see Nishikiyama in the first game, he's just kind of like a... He's just a bad guy, basically. You don't get that backstory of him and Kiryu and, like, why they were blood brothers, why they were so close together. And this one kind of fills that in. It really makes the first game better and have more impact than it actually did the first time around. And, And Nishikiyama's character... You see, like, that he's got a wonderful sense of humor. He definitely has Kiryu's back. And it is about that their relationship and growing stronger, you know? And it isn't until, you, obviously, when you get to Yakuza 1, where it becomes all about the woman <laughs> that they are both in love with, because love triangles are a fun, fun thing. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like, a lot of the characters that you see in the series that appear in this game, they are such different people, but everybody gets their backstory, and everybody gets... You know, just enough information that you kind of can kind of compare in your head. And that's one of the things I really do like about this game. I also like this game has tonal whiplash in a way that a lot of the other games they have, but not as hard. (laughs) I found sometimes with this one, um, and it's my favorite one, but just one minute you'd be like, it's so serious to the point of here's all the murders all of the time. Oh, my God. And then two seconds later, you're like. Here's this little boy who wants a dragon quest. <laughs> oh my god, that <laughs> yeah, quest cracked that's... me up. And that's it. Like yeah. the total shift in this one goes so hard. Yeah, there's like there's like when they introduce the fu- the fucking like cabaret club thing. Yeah. It's it's literally it's literally like just after this one scene with where Maji, where Majima has this like one like heartfelt moment with Makoto. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're you're, you're saying. Yeah. And that, that's what I mean, like, really awkward total shifts, but you're also just kind of like, no, I'm I'm mom for the ride. Like, when I think I'm, of 80s movies, I think of messy total shifts, and yeah. this game borrows it very well. And I mean, when when we say this has total shifts, that's actually a feature here, not a bug. Very much a feature. <laughs> very much. I mean, yeah, yes, Yakuza always has that, the, the, the weird dichotomy between the really silly side 
stuff and then the very serious melodramatic um, main story. This one probably ramps that up to 11, but it it still kind of works. I mean, you know. Well, I'd argue with this particular installment too. Like the side, the side stories are so extreme because they are focusing on the eighties. Well, it was. I mean, that's that's the thing. Usually, when you're playing a Yakuza game, you're being transported to Japan. You know, like it, it's it's an interesting game in that you're you know you're getting a little sense of Japanese culture. In this game, you're not only getting that, but you're also getting time travel back to the eighties. Like there, the every you know there is this is the boom time in Japan. Money is everywhere. You know, people are throwing around money. Hell, the entire experience system is just built around money you're just collecting money and then buying you know buying upgrades i mean you get the ability to toss money around later which i thought was yeah. crazy <laughs> <laughs> make it making it rain and, and th- but that fills into like every description i've ever heard of uh boom time japan in the 80s like i remember when this game came out i, I was listening to like eight four play podcast yeah. and they were talking about like yeah that that you know like some of the depictions in yakuza zero where like where there will be people lined up waiting at the taxi cab stand and everyone will be like waving big stacks of bills trying to get the taxi cab to come to them and they were like yeah yeah that was exactly what it was like in the 80s you would just get these giant wads you know on payday you take them and flash them around to do whatever it is you were wanting to do on the weekend man and, and yeah the, not, um... not having sorry not having grown up in japan in the 80s a lot of that nuance was kind of lost on me, unfortunately. Uh-huh. What to, were you um, going to say, Pascal? Yeah, I want to go back to Majima for, I'm sure we'll go back to him a bunch more times, but um, so I would kind of argue, I would kind of argue Sam's point of you get to see how he was before he changed, you know? So like, I would say that he, that he never really like playing. So I played this game first before playing any of the other Yakuza. So I would argue he never really changed. And to me, that's, what's kind of like, um, if you use if you go off of zero and then play the other games it kind of makes majima more of a um like a tragic character to me like yeah. he is obviously in this game but i carry that like i carry that through to kiwami and just you know every other game so when you first when he first appears in the club i cannot remember the name of the club in the club uh, that the he grand in the, in the, the grand. grand yeah so like he's smooth he's suave he can pretty much like one hand anybody in that place and yet his first fight does and yet your first fight you're supposed to dodge everything yeah which i thought was kind of a neat touch but he does it you know with class and um never loses his cool like this is like the antithesis of everything he's ever been later right Mm -hmm. which i didn't know at the time but so i would argue that that's him you know, and, and that makes, to me, that just like in later games, it almost kind of breaks my heart because, you know, you find out at the end. So at the end of this game, uh, Majima makes a conscious decision to change his his outward, you know, appearance and his, his demeanor more than anything because he wants to protect Makoto. So everything that he does, like the whole mad dog persona is, is just like, I, I kind of view him as like, man, he just becomes like a prisoner inside his own, his own head, basically, you know, just, yeah. just to uphold that, that safety net for her. Oh, so <laughs> it's really melodramatic, <laughs> but I love it. Um, 
and it puts in it, he puts him into such perspective any other time he ever shows up. So I would argue that he hasn't changed at all. I would say this is the only time you get to see true Majima. And it kind of yeah. also like tongue in cheek the whole the way that he's from that point forward obsessed with Kiryu is put into such a different light, you know, <laughs> because Oh, now I get it. He, uh, well, no, I'm I'm lying. I don't really get it, to be honest, but it kind of like gives it a little bit of a hint of, yeah, he's constantly after Kiryu or I I don't know what to call it. He's got this weird um, (laughs) infatuation with Kiryu. And because of this, you know, somehow like this shared experience, I don't know. See, which is weird because this whole game, I was expecting the, the, them two to come together in the last story and to basically be each other's final boss. And when that didn't happen, I was kind of disappointed. So they do, they never they never meet. Is that right? They, they only they, meet in the end credits. They meet, That's right. They meet in the literal last cutscene. Yeah. So for Kiryu, moving forward, like he never, he doesn't have that, um, that knowledge. Like he doesn't know who Majima really is, you know, as we go through the next like 20 or 30 years, I don't think, right? Like for Kiryu, Majima is always just the crazy man. He's yeah. the crazy man who got his seat back. Yeah, and it's actually interesting how like like when they first hear about each other, it's it's actually interesting because like when Majima like first like knows of Kiryu's name, he he just like doesn't know who he is. Meanwhile, 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 like meanwhile, Kiryu's kind of already no no he's heard of Majima even if he's never he didn't meet hadn't met him. Yeah, and I would I would even say you know Kiryu is the protagonist for the series, but man, like in this game, he takes such a a backseat in terms of like charisma and just like I just I just care about Majima. I mean, yep. even what? the develop on Wikipedia, it, it said that the developers really wanted to uh, play up Majima a lot more and yeah. d- downplay Kiryu. And I like before the show, I was even asking like, did they just want Majima to be the protagonist and Sam, you were like, yeah, they're afraid to do a, a, a <laughs> protagonist without Kiryu. Yeah, yeah well, it was a game without Kiryu. Again, Kiryu is the most popular character in Japan. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, it makes sense because, again, he is your stoic blank slate. Mm-hmm. Everybody can be Kiryu, whereas, you know, when you're the player, not everybody necessarily wants to be Majima. Mm. <laughs> um I mean, we all like Majima, but I mean, well, yeah, he's great. From the player's perspective. I mean, when you're playing a video game and you have a character like Kiryu, Kiryu's your cipher character, mm-hmm. so you kind of can infuse yourself to be this badass gangster. Whereas, you know, you sort of can't do that with Majima because of his characterization, because of his backstory. Um, you know. I mean, I'd argue, I'd say this is not probably the right word, but it's Kiryu's story is so much more simplified. It's a little generic. And it's just something that as a player, you just, you can kind of understand right off the beaten path or right away. Um, Here, like Najima, because I mean, I love Pascal's point. And if I had played Zero first, I think, I think I would feel the same way. Um, And I, I love that point that you've made because. I, I guess I can't see it that way as somebody who uh, who played three first of all things. Um, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's fun to just see how how each game kind of grows off of each other. And I mean, it almost disappoints me that this is the only other time that you get to play as Majima. 
Mm-hmm. Um, especially because when you get to games like four and five, I think I'm going to be honest, like I think back to playing some of the perspectives in four and five, and it's like, I think I would have rather just played as Majima. Like, Tani Mora was a wasted perspective. Well, that's true. <laughs> we so, agree. Baseball guy was a wasted perspective. Uh, uh, okay. I like, I like yeah. him. I like, what's He's, his name? <laughs> uh, what was his name? Baseball Fuck. guy. Shinada, that's him. Shinada. Yeah, I can't no. remember Tani Mora either, but yeah, you're right. No, but this is what I, I mean. And especially because you also have Majima's connection to Taiga. Yeah, exactly. I was going to mention that. That's so I great. I would love more of that. Um, hey, well, you do get some of that in Zero. Yes, they, they do. I mean, yeah. if you've played four, you know what's going to happen. But yes. if you haven't, it's, wow, what a payoff. Four games yeah. later, this storyline that's set up here, you get to see how the other side of it, and you get to see what results from it, and the whole uh, Majima um, being what tied up in a warehouse, and mm-hmm. that's the reason why Saijima, uh, his his uh, assassination attempt ends the way it doesn't. Oh man, talk about like setting a ball in motion for years and years and yeah. years down the yeah. line. It's amazing. And their relationship's great too. Oh like- yeah. Mm-hmm. And and don't and, and, and Yakuza Five. There's that's what. Well, we we can spoil other games, surely. So yeah, of course. The whole. Majima is dead storyline, right? That's, you know, Saijima's, what, like, I think is kind of his motivation a little bit more or less. Yeah. So, um, wait, I, I know that this game ended with an assassination t- attempt on Saijima. Did he actually die? This no. this game? Yeah. No. Oh, well, no, he went to okay. prison. Yeah, but oh, oh. Th- does it show? I forget how much of it it, it shows in this game. Because it, 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 it kind of it kind of rushes past it because it's it's at least kind of assuming you maybe know it. Yeah, I suppose so. And I mean, the whole side angle is kind of tangential. What's more important to to zero is yeah, it's, why it's, was yeah? Um, it's it's, it's explained why Majima was Ma, yeah. was basically cut out of the Tojo clan. Yeah, with the uh, with that one guy. Yeah, uh, that one boss who becomes pretty important. Shinada. Is that the one with Shimano. the giant face? Shimano, sorry, yes, you're right. That's the one with the big face, right? Yes. Yeah, he's another interesting one. Because let me tell you guys, I grew to absolutely despise Saijima in this game because of the story he told about the magpie and the cat and the fact that he killed his parents' cat over the magpie. And it's like, you fucker, you're going to die. I cannot wait, wait to put who, a bullet in your who? head. Um, yeah, Saijima. I don't particularly remember Sa- the story, but that, that, that's I'll a, always wait. Go ahead. Wait, wait, I don't, what are you talking about? Damn it! He <laughs> Sa- when Kiryu gets caught lying, and Saijima is beating the shit out of them. He tells a story about how when he was a kid, he had an injured magpie, and when his parents found out, he the the parents fed the magpie to the family cat and for revenge he killed the family cat and uh, usually when something like that happens in a story it's like fucker i cannot wait to see you die wait, do you mean Kuz- i don't know what you mean kuzay yes how we- i might be I confusing names. yeah kuzay that's who Sajima likes animals. Yeah, Sajima's Sajima, not the villain. No, if you're no. thinking of the villain, it's it's Kose. Okay, my, my well, bad. There's multiple, but... Oh, yeah, he's one yeah. of them. I'm Too bad with names. Game. 
I'm, I'm um, sorry. I, I'm very bad with names in some of these games. That's okay. There's a, there's okay. a lot of okay. villains in Zero. Yeah, it's a lot. Saejima is... Um... Um, he's the bear. <laughs> he's okay. um, Majima's friend. The only one I think we ever know is his friend. Okay. My bad. Um, Majima I, only always... has one friend. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's a good friendship. It is. I mean, yeah. those two are... <laughs> they're something else. I'll always champion Saejima a little bit. I know Akiyama gets all the love from four and five, but... Well, he's the babe. I... That's the difference. Yeah. But I'm kind of in Saejima's corner, I gotta be honest. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Saejima is a fantastically written character, and getting the beginnings of their relationship in this game is fantastic. I mean, that's on top of, like, again, there are so many villains in this game. There are so many different factions at work. I mean, there's the bit with the Chinese mafia, there's... Um, Does oh the God. triad ever get mentioned in here? Uh, is, is that uh, what you're saying? Oh, yeah, Laogui. Yeah. And I mean, you get to see the beginnings of the triads and how they kind of grow in the Yakuza series as well. Uh, which, again, it, all these little bits that Zero gives you, you know, they all have these weird little minor payoffs in other games. It's really neat to see all the different connections at play. I mean, and that even includes, like, some of the side stories as well. So, I mean, and then this is also the beginnings of Sarah and Kiryu. Like, too many things happening in this game, but all of it really good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, So, so Sam, Mm -hmm. the other... So... You played the games in, in a certain order. I did. And there's like there's yeah. um there's benefits to playing them in like release order or playing them in whatever order as well that I'll never know. Like I you know um I I recently watched a video that somebody um it was it was more of a Yakuza it was just focused on zero primarily a retrospective but kind of how it then ties into the uh, the lore of the whole series and they they kind of made the same point of like what I experienced which is if you start with zero like here's how that affects the way you view certain characters down the road and mm. I you guys already brought it up um but Nishikiyama, the way that his like relationship with Kiryu gets colored in by this game that you don't get any other way is if you play Yakuza 1 right after oh man it's so heartbreaking yeah yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, like he's just generic. Well, not generic, but kind of generic bad guy in Yakuza One. But if you come right off the heels of Zero, there's something about that that I'll I'll always be happy that I played Zero first because it made me appreciate that so much more when he turns out to be the villain. And that, like, that's yeah, like this game gives you all of that information to care about these characters. And yeah. so in my in my defense. So I played Yakuza 1, like, on PS2, and then I played Zero, and then I played Kiwami 1. So having the gut punch of Zero to Kiwami 1, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I had we'll a always... lot more sympathy for Nishikiyama as a character than yeah. I did in the original PS2 release. Like, you can't play one and then not and not think about that scene where he drives uh where kiryu and him drive out to the middle of nowhere and he holds a gun to to i think is what to the back of kiryu's head yeah to yeah. try mm-hmm. to force him to leave and just yeah. to protect him like this is the lengths he went to to protect him and yeah. then yeah. 
the way God, it ends up is and God, that's curious, so like, that's you know you should sometimes. just go ahead and shoot me and go back to the family man <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah yeah he's like because the idea is he, he'd rather just shoot him so he because because the idea is like oh you're gonna if you go back to your to the family they're gonna torture you and make make your death painful i can just kill you fast so you don't have to suffer that mm. Oh, is that, okay, so I kind of forgot some of the details, but I, I'd be yeah. hard pressed to I mean, think I of another game. This, um, no. Yeah, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to p- think of another game where I cared to this level about not just one but multiple characters. It's just genius writing. I feel like absolutely. Like, yeah, I would argue this is the best written of the Yakuza games. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. it's because all of the stories interconnect in such wonderful ways and i do appreciate that kiryu and majima don't exactly meet i actually think that's a good thing yeah i think because it gives them that little extra bit of uh individualness uh individuality rather um that you now get to see them sort of flourish in their own ways um but everybody is worth caring about in this game like even again even some of the villains they are awful oh, sons of bitches. Yes, but, yes. but you give a shit. You're mad. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of emotion, which I can certainly say there are previous villains in Yakuza where I didn't have the same feelings. Like Mine from 3. He was a loser. <laughs> like, Wait, who, which one is that? So he was the... <laughs> Mine was the really boring guy who was like... I can't remember if he was like some sort of a bank. I can't... He was oh, just okay. some politician? What, he was a when politician you... suit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was afraid you were talking about one from. For, I was also thinking of three earlier, and I kind of looked up some names. I there's the one I love from three, and he comes back a few more times is um, Hamazaki. Oh no, Hamazaki's great. Yeah, yes. no being with Hamazaki. That creepy, creepy scene between him and Haruka, and I think it's. I think oh. it might be four after the four, maybe. I love Shimano as a villain. I and this game made me just—he's just you love to hate him. You love to hate the fact that he's always got his fingers everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you slimy fucking snake. But also, fuck you for being so clever. <laughs> yeah. So Shimano was what um, um Majima's patriarch, or yeah, my, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shimano, yeah. Shimano. I like the other the the the, the triple um, uh, villains from uh, from the Dojima clan. Mm-hmm. Kuse okay. and Shibasawa. Yeah, Shibasawa. Yeah, I don't know. Kuse, but also yeah. I mean, like they're, they're, I mean, even, Awano, even the Awano. setup of Awano, all of them yeah. is so hardcore. You know, when was it Kuse who lost the Kiryu at the beginning of the game, and they make him cut off his Kuse's finger? Yeah. Then yeah. he comes yeah. back in the sewer on a motorcycle. <laughs> oh my god, Amazing. that scene was so epic. Awano mm-hmm. is the guy in the club, I think, like yeah. the break dancing, or was it like a uh, some kind of a leisure suit? <laughs> I don't know. And Shibasawa is the quiet, dangerous one. Yeah. Yep. Josh, I, yep. I, I think it was Josh way back when I played Zero. It was definitely somebody on the site. And I had a, a little chat about, like, you had already played it. And I was kind of just going through it still. And I was mentioning about how I, like, I really enjoyed those those villains. And I was, I was, I was asking, but really, I was begging you to tell me, like, please tell me that all or some of them come back in future games. Like, tell me this isn't the only time they'll ever be in the series, which it was, unfortunately, I think, for all three of them. They're so, it's so amazing. If you want the character models back, you can play the uh, the newest release. <laughs> 
damage. It's true. Oh, they are um, in fusion. Uh, Yakuza um, feudal times or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Ishin. Oh, right, right. Every Yakuza character you can possibly think of is in Ishin. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Everybody. So, so I, I, I'm glad that you guys like the story. Bear in mind, I'm I'm playing them sort of out of order. And I I wanted to, because the problem with prequels is that people were kind of bored by prequels because there's no stakes. And it seemed like they wrote this prequel in such a way that there was stakes, that you did care about it. I hesitate even just calling it prequel because it's kind of like dismissive. It feels like it's a planned part of the series, you know? It is a prequel, but but it feels like it's written in a way that... It doesn't just, it feels like it still works as its own story. Right. It's not just like, uh, it's not just like some weird. Yeah. It's yeah, not kinda. just filler. Yeah. yeah like so many prequels feel like. Line. Yeah. Mm. Like, um, you, it, there's a line in a well-known movie and now we're going to make a whole prequel movie just based on that line. Like a certain uh, yeah. science fiction series I can think of that we might have or might not have been discussing off off uh, stream earlier. Solo? <laughs> Well, another one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, solo. Uh, oh, God. Don't so it's not that. that. No, it's not. It's, it's no, definitely not. No golden dice. There's no no line about golden dice or anything like that here. Yeah. I, I, I got to ask, are we done talking about the main story? Because, oh, my God, I want to talk mm. about the side quest. Um, well, well, yes. well one, one more thing we, we got to talk about, like the ending. I was just rem- <laughs> I was watching the movies, the, some some movies to kind of refresh my memory. And it just like came back to me like how epic, like especially Majima's ending is where he beats up the, you know, the, the Chinese hitman that Dojima has sent that he just Dojima expects this Chinese hitman who's like super famous to just kill everybody and Majima beats him up and knocks him into Dojima's office and Dojima starts like freaking out because he's just like oh yeah Majima's dead I sent the hitman after him and he starts you know Majima's just over there in the corner just beating the heck out of this hitman and Dojima is like fumbling around trying to get it you know trying to load bullets into his gun his hand is shaking and he shoots and he misses wildly and Majima just like doesn't even turn around. He's just like, you wait your turn. I'm coming to kill you in a minute. I'm right. I'm, I'm still busy killing this guy, but I'm going to come over there and kill you in a minute. And it's just like the most awesome epic thing. It also gives you this vision of Dojima just being this weak kind of pathetic guy, even Control. though he is the head of the, yeah, yeah. Do we get a shirtless rooftop battle in this game? Oh yeah, yeah. You get, gotta you get the, yeah, you gotta have that. <laughs> it's right, right. I'm at disappointed. The, very end. the uh the judgment um games don't seem to have that. Uh, well, they don't have impressive back tattoos to show off. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, now, I, I am normally not much of a fan of damsel in distress stories, but I must say, like, <laughs> the, the game sure tugged at my heartstrings every time they made Makoto cry. It's like this this poor girl has been through hell and back, and you feel so sorry for her. And that 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 scene at the beginning at in the beginning of Maj- or at the end of Majima's chapter, where the the pain on his face when the girl is right there at his feet he knows that he's got to kill her to get his uh reputation back and he just cannot bring himself to do it yep he's got the knife out he's staring at it he's just like 
he knows if he could just goes over there and slices her neck, he's he's back in good graces, but he just mm-hmm. can't do it. And, and this is after one of the most annoying uh, escort quests I've ever played in a game. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I will actually defend this, the, the escort the escort whatever we're calling it. It's an escort quest, basically. Well, yeah, but... I mean, I like it because it's like it actually makes sense that you have to lead Makoto around because, like, no. she, like she's disabled. Like, she's not. You kind of do need to help her. No, I, I get it. I just, I, I cannot stand escort quests in games. I'm sorry, they drive me crazy. <laughs> um, I really like the um, the massage guy that is kind of her her guardian, mm-hmm. um, and who teams up with Majima. Oh God, that, that was and. When- all. <laughs> And and when yeah. they try to set up a decoy and Majima can't even bring himself to kill a decoy and the ask the or not the escort, the um Chinese guy is like, Look, she's a bad person, it doesn't matter. And Majima's like, Well, can we can we please just do this without killing somebody? And then it doesn't matter because the, the, the girl that they were gonna kill ends up dead anyway by someone else. Uh, yeah, Nishitani. Yeah, there's just uh, so many moral conundrums in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now you guys can talk about the psychos. I, I can't talk too much because I played this game really quickly and I was trying not yeah. to get too distracted by uh, side stuff, though I did do a couple of them. Ke- Kelly, did, did you bowl a turkey? No, I did not bowl a turkey. Oh, yes. oh um, no. Good one. Oh. I I did get the I did get the kid his dragon quest and yeah, I did that's uh, a good one. I did have to do the Miracle Johnson quest because of course I had to. So, when when it when it dawned on me, wait, Miracle Johnson, that sounds familiar. And I'm I'm talking on Discord at the time and I'm like, is is Miracle Johnson Michael Jackson? Yes. Like, okay gotta go do this and it was worth it and those those localizers had such a fun time with all the michael jackson puns and that remaking thriller (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically yeah and making fun of dead souls at the same time Mm -hmm. Uh totally worth it totally worth it yeah so my favorite side quest in yakuza zero involves a little boy who wants to go to a vending machine because it has shrink wrapped magazines oh gosh yeah And he's just like, I need to know what these are. Kiryu's like, oh, for the love of God. And then he goes and he's like, well, I guess I'll help you with this. So he goes and gets the kid's magazine. You have to do a bunch of stealth because, oh, my God, there's all these ladies who are ready to be Judgy McJudgersons on you. And and (laughs) Kiryu is too embarrassed to just walk up and get it. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. My favorite line, though, of it is when you actually successfully get the magazine, you say to him, don't put this magazine under your pillow. Your mother will know. Don't put it under the bed. Your mother will know. Don't put it in your closet. Your mother will know. <laughs> like he Kiryu is the cool the uncle. We've all cool wanted. It's just that one had me like pissing myself, and the amount of times I had to do it over because I was just laughing so hard. I was just like, I'm fucking this up because I keep laughing. <laughs> I just, I just thought it was so funny. That little boy just being like, "I can't. I need to know what it is." And Kiryu's like, "Uh." <laughs> <laughs> like it's not safe for you. So where did Kiryu suggest to hide the porn? <sighs> I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it was just not in his bedroom. <laughs> I, I guess in the woods. It's the only I mean, other logical place. There's a lot of weird quests in this game involving like sexual content, which 
I kind of dig because there's also the one about the dominatrix. Yeah. Yeah. How to train yeah. your dominatrix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has to like teach her to like how to do the thing. Yep. Yep. I, no, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I, I did the one that was about the girls selling used panties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that was one of those ones like, oh yeah, right. This is pre-internet. Of course they would have had to sell these on the street. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I remember that. It's one. actually yeah, it's actually interesting that the girl running the the ring just ends up having a crush on Kiryu. And Creepy. Then, and then he's and then like and then like Kiryu is just like completely oblivious and she just gets annoyed slightly annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I also love there's this one about pizza. <laughs> so oh. there's this girl who you meet her and she wants to stay in Japan. And she has trouble saying the word visa. So Kiryu assumes, well, clearly she wants pizza. She keeps saying visa, visa. So clearly she wants pizza. Turns out, again, she wants to get a visa, um, but she's currently working as a sex worker for a pimp. And then Kiryu beats the living crap out of him. And then the pimp's just like, wait, I'm kind of actually in love with this woman, so I'm going to go marry her at the end of it. You're like, what the fuck? But also, you also spent half the quest just going to get pizza. <laughs> I was like, that was a good one. It's We get to um, explore Sotenbori without any dance mini games. That's nice. That's nice, for sure. Those dance-offs were a lot. Uh, uh, God, God, I had a hard time doing Queen of Passion on hard. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't even think I tried. Did you guys do the living statue side quest? Oh yeah, that's I, a good one. Uh, I that, think I did it one. when I first played it. Maybe. Hmm. That one cracked me up to all the things that uh, Majima was trying to do to basically distract the people and. They, they, they keep their attention keeps going back to the guy and he said, man, the guy must have like a super butt or something to hold it that long. Made some kind of joke like, like that that had me in stitches. I did do the whole um, Hostess Club storyline for Majima. Mm-hmm. Those were awesome. Yeah, yeah so th- that was good. I had to recruit all the people into the Hostess Club, like the old lady who would just talk the talk people's ears off. God. <laughs> Was this uh this the hostess club is in uh Kamurocho, right? It was Sotenbori because it's, Sotenbori. it's Majima. Is it? So, yeah. 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 I, who am I thinking of? Who who ran a hostess club in Kamurocho? I guess Kiryu in one of the later games. Well, one of the later games. Uh, it's one of the later games, and it's um it's he helps out his friends who work at Stardust. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. The Stardust is not a hostess club. Yes, it is. Stardust well, is a host club. It's a host club. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. It's this Shine. Is... Shine is the host. Shine. Club. Okay. Um, it, I, it's in the same. I think it's in the same building block as uh, Yagami's office in yes. um, Judgment. That's right. You're I right. love about the Yakuza games how you just kind of you live there, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> you have the map in your head. I know. Yes. Like I'll never be able to go to the um. Is it is it the Popo? I don't know. <laughs> Near the, the hotel Popo? district without knowing, oh, on the second floor is the law office. Not, yeah. I know that now and it's never going away. <laughs> it's the Popo. I think every game probably also has a, um obligatory side story about a, a person stuck in the bathroom at the... Um, Hmm. Not, is it, yeah, which park? I'm trying to. It's the is that the children's I park, think. isn't yeah, it? The children's yeah. Park. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I, the only thing I don't remember is what uh, the area around Millennium Tower 
look like? I, I'm thinking it's just regular, just residential homes with like alleys between them or something. I think so. Because again, like with it being all about that tiny patch of land where eventually yeah. it's supposed to sit. Like, I don't think it had, for example, like the wild Jackson and the smile burger and the sushi place that usually sit in front of the millennium tower. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if those were still there. I'm almost positive the bar that was across from the Millennium Tower was not there yet. Yeah. Phantom. Uh, so, There's yeah. There's a host club in there, too, somewhere in another game. All the host clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so many host clubs but like again there's just so many I mean there's also the creepy telephone telephone quests <laughs> but yes I did all of them when I reviewed the game lots of tissues were, were used lots of tissues well, just the uh, <laughs> we're like ah. God, e- I e- my husband going do I want to know and I was like no are you talking about the one where Kiryu has to watch videos so creepy is that the one? Because yeah. I think there were tissues involved there. Is that the why you? Yeah, the one? That's so weird. <laughs> Doesn't he regain health from that? Yes. <laughs> it's rejuvenating. So weird. Oh my god. Look, so. listen, Kirio is a pure soul. In my head, he's he yes. sits there and he doesn't know what he's supposed to do, so nothing really happens. He's also he, 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 he's ace as fuck. Yeah. Very, very sincere. I, so there was also the one about the Doomsday Cult. I loved them. I thought they were ridiculous because oh. they were Majima's storyline. It's just like, wow, these oh. guys are bad terrorists. <laughs> is this the one? Is this the one where you're trying to get that girl out of them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Trying to get her out of the cult and yeah. realize like it's just really dumb. Don't don't they come back in the Kiwami games and that are recurring one of the recurring side I quests? They do. Did you do the? Uh, did you try and get the pocket circuit guy a uh, date? Pocket racer who comes pocket back racer, in yeah. Yakuza Six. Yeah. <laughs> God, oh God, he does. I just remember doing the that quest and all the little kids going there making fun of him, <laughs> <laughs> chanting "Virgin, Virgin." <laughs> kids are I think, brutal. I think I honestly have like six would be the next game in line that I just have unabashed love for. Six is wonderful. Six is where I started. And, and this, and there is that weird, um, this is part of that weird little trilogy they made of this, Kiwami and then Six, where you had those weird little like tie-ins that they added into both Zero and then Kiwami 1 and 6 where some of the storylines carried across some of the side stories and stuff carried across. Um, you guys talked about going to the, the video viewing place. Um, I, I did that just out of curiosity. And when the trophy popped that said, I did it for the trophy, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Th- thanks, game, for outing oh. me as a pervert. I appreciate it. Uh, there's trophies like that in some of the Kiwami games also. I think Kiwami 2 might be the worst. <laughs> I forget which one it is, but there's one that has like a lot of softcore videos, like long stretches of them that you can watch. Yeah. I mean, all it was... was so just, I've heard. All it was was <laughs> just a dan- dancing around in a bikini. I mean... Yeah. He must yeah, be well, a horny sure. t- teenager to be titillated by that, but um, this was the '80s, Kelly. I know <laughs> this was all there was. Yep, more Josh, or less. Josh, you told me about an, an interaction that I 
that I would have not been able to place, but you meet, I guess it's a, a boy or yeah, like a younger boy. And it's something, is it a pants stealing quest? I don't know. It's something like uh, that. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's guy, a guy stealing pants. Yeah. Maybe it's not a young boy. I can't quite remember. It's, but that one or some other quest, you meet the, what's going to be the future um, antagonist in Kiwami 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Which I would have never known unless somebody had told me because I hadn't played that yet. <laughs> so we talked about the gameplay. Or I'm sorry, we talked about the main story. We talked about some of the side stories. Uh, how do we feel about the gameplay itself? It, it's more the beat 'em up uh, gameplay we began. Um, I think this was probably one of the better incarnations of the the, yes. the yeah uh, I style. Definitely... I definitely remember this being my favorite one in that regard. There, there was variety, but it didn't go to like a ridiculous, you know, uh, some, some of the games took it, you know, especially four and five where you had so many different characters with so many like diametrically opposed styles. And I, you know, like I, I know why they were doing it, but it, it made, you know, like the gameplay itself kind of disjointed. And this one, it, you know, because Majima and Kiryu, I mean, they, they feel different, but it's not done in a way where you can't go back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. Cause I, I felt like, you know, obviously, Kiryu, I feel like Kiryu is more of a bruiser, but he does have his um, quick style. That I'm blanking on it now. Not not brawler, not beast. Rush, I think. Right. Yeah, the, 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 the rush style. Um, though I ended up staying beast most, most of the game. And oh, then you've got um, Majima, who has, has his thug style, and then can go really quick with the breakdancer one, which I, I thought was a lot of fun, but I ended up sticking with the uh, slugger the most. Mm-hmm. Just because it felt so satisfying cracking people with bats. God, yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. I think the only time I ever found that, like, I love the look of the breakdancing one. It's just so ludicrous. I think the only time it was ever effective is, like, when there were a lot of enemies, like, in a kind of a confined area. It could kind of be useful to take on, a, you know, like, eight or ten enemies all at once. But otherwise, yeah. you're much better off with, like, Slugger. With Majima. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I will admit it was kind of jarring going from the turn based one back to the <laughs> action. <laughs> <laughs> just just a bit, huh? Yeah. Um I'm not going to lie, I had a hard time getting into this one with the first three chapters, and then I think it was Pascal and you, Josh, that, that browbeat me. I was like, no, get to the switch over. <laughs> Trust me. I'm like, okay. I, I get to the switch over, and like, yep, they were absolutely right. And yeah, but part of why I was having trouble getting into it was because it was going back from the uh, t- turn base to the the beat 'em up. Um, you know, obviously p- p- playing them in reverse order was unintentional. <laughs> but <laughs> you were I, playing them in the weirdest order, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, the, the podcast host order, I will call it. <laughs> but um, I. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, and I, I yeah. think like I, I think the beginning of the game, you know, it starts with Kiryu, and Kiryu, you know, like it, it's a different one. He's not the the he's a totally different character because he's so much younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's one of the things about like the Yakuza games is most of the protagonists, you know, Kiryu in in the the later games, I guess before this, 
and you know even in like a dragon like all the protagonists are like in their 40s and 50s it's kind of Mm -hmm. bizarre for a video game to have such adult characters and this is kind of the rare one where we're we're going back to like young kiryu and young majima especially a japanese game because japanese games are notorious for like the old guy being 27 (laughs) you know god it it reminds me when like exist archive had like the oldest guy being like 23 Mm -hmm. and the old girl is usually like 14 (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh i wish that i wish that was a joke Mm. no (laughs) because that ground everything to a halt for a moment there all right, everybody, wash the filth off. It's okay to move on. Um, what'd you guys think of the music? It's cool, per- perfectly solid. Oh, the, these are the ones where it's just like the 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 music kind of fades into the background, and I'm I, I, for me like the soundtrack of these games is much more about just like the background noise of like wandering around the city and just having the noise of the the city fill the you know kind of like fill in and make it feel like okay i'm there i'm wandering around this this giant you know japanese uh red light district i know you asked about sound and not visuals but can i just say that trash littering um like a like a rained on street has never looked so pretty i think <laughs> like yeah they, isn't, they it, do. isn't it literal trash bags just out in the open god yeah that's mm-hmm. it's, but it it really feels like that inner city or well not in not, never mind inner city it feels like that big city vibe and and all the lights reflecting off of the puddles and stuff mm. when it rains that's just it looks so good it, it honestly makes me wonder if the game how the game looked on the ps3 version um I'm, if it looked a, a lot muddier i mean i remember them looking pretty good for ps3 games the back you know obviously never played this one on the ps3 but i always yeah. thought they looked good for a ps3 game mm-hmm. had they already um was this game made with the the dragon engine i kind of think it was no no it's it, the dragon engine is six and kuami 2 that's when they get like six was oh. actually a new engine was the yeah. one that's well this looks good for not being on the new engine then yeah yeah i'm gonna be curious how some of the uh, when um eight comes out how that's gonna look on ps5 because of all the, all the really cool stuff that they can do with that. Oh, I, I think we are ready to move on to the roundtable, unless anybody has anything else they want to bring up. Well, this, isn't is Zero the game we get the um, the origins of Curious Tattoo? I think it, it is, isn't it? Where he first seeks uh, out the Tattoo Master? He's in the process of getting it, right? Yeah, yeah. Man Nishikiyama. Because it was just um, line art in this game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right, but it, th- there's a game, and I, I'm guessing it's this one where you have to physically, as part of the the game, you have to seek out the master and visit the place where he gets his tattoo and kind of like initiate the process. Uh, no, maybe it's the other I one. Don't, I don't, maybe, I don't, maybe that was Kiwami. Maybe Kiwami. I don't know. It's it's a bit, it's been a while since I played these. Was Kiwami where he was getting it finished? Well, I'm remembering that something. Part of it. Yeah, either one or the other. That may be mis- misremembering on my part then. Um, as far as availability goes, I mean, it's available on PSN and Xbox and Steam. And this game goes on sale for like five bucks, pr- pretty much like every month. We have um, two copies in our house. When I was trying to play it, I, I thought, well, maybe I'll enjoy it more on my Steam Deck. That way I can play in bed. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> so I picked it up for five bucks on Steam because why the hell not? And then um, when I realized that it uses Xbox controller mappings, and I, you know, on the PS5 version, I perfected the karaoke. On the Steam version, I got the worst score I've ever gotten because my brain was mapped for uh, how the Nintendo controller is mapped, not how the Xbox one is. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, eventually I ended up switching back to the PS5, but maybe one of these days, or when I go back to this game to do all the side quests, you know, in my retirement home in my 70s, uh, I will play the Steam Deck version, but yeah, um, you can get this game for dirt cheap just about at any time, though if you want to be really, really fancy, there is an edition on eBay, the uh, business edition that's factory sealed, $700, and has the steel business card holder with both of Bajiba and Kiri's business cards in English and Japanese. I don't that that probably doesn't sound uh, that appealing to you guys. It's cool, but uh, not for yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I I just, I just can't do those. Hey, have no. we talked about the the man who like controls electricity with his hand? Uh, no. Well, I'm I'm talking about um Makoto's brother. Right. Oh it, right. We didn't even get... up. I'm 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 you know I'm not being I'm not saying it right, but the way it's set up, the way it's introduced, it's I don't know. I what does he do? He snaps his fingers or he does something and like a block of Kamarocho loses power. It, it like it makes it seem like he's somehow got like supernatural abilities. Yeah, that's pretty Was crazy. That that's how I, I read that. I I don't yeah. remember it, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was at the game. Because this was, you know, early on where he's, um, I think he's kind of teased as possibly a villain when he first comes into the game, and I guess Kiryu meets him. Like it's not revealed what who he really is for a while, and I think it's it's kind of like somehow implied that he has something to do with power outages. I don't remember how that figures into the plot. I don't, I'm guessing it might not even figure at all. I don't remember how that, I remember that happening. I don't remember how it was explained. Because then he becomes good guy, and I guess it's not really necessary to go back to well, explain well, that whole thing. He's yet. Makoto's brother. We, we eventually find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when they see each other, then, you know, the, the brother dies in oh. Makoto's arms. And... Uh, he, oh, no, no. He's actually already dead. By the oh, time. he is? I thought that there yeah. was like a little bit of I, life to him. I, I no, I I thought that, but then but then I replayed it and like no, it turns out he's dead already. By the, and that's like the tragedy of the scene. It's like oh god, th- thanks game for giving you another gut punch. And she yeah. does get some of her sight back near the end. Yeah, because the sight yeah, was like like she, she like she's not, it's not yeah she doesn't like instantaneously get it back, but she's she kind of gets to a point where she can see like light and shadow, mm-hmm. so she kind of see shapes and stuff. And she she never warns Majiba's name, and yeah, and she does she doesn't even know what exactly he looks like. So yeah, which is what part of the reason why he deliberately tries to stay out of her life. Mm-hmm. Did you guys? I mean, Makoto actually appears in Kiwami too. Yes, and well, that's one. That. So she is like a proprietor of I think it's like the Hokushi Kaiken, and yeah, she yeah. basically. She reopens this place in hopes to lure Majima to it so she can thank him. <laughs> what oh. is it? What's the place that she opens? The massage parlor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I mean, the, actually, the last scene where, yeah, that last scene with Makoto is actually interesting in Zero because, because there's it's she can, when when Majima is like walking away from her, 
like after she's she essentially talks that doctor guy into like confessing his love for her there's kind of like a very ambiguous does she re- like it's kind of trying to be like does she know who he actually is or what? Hmm. So she stays in Camarocho, huh? No, no, Santimbori. Oh, okay. I always, yeah, I don't know. It, the way I remembered it or the way I yeah, it, it played out in my head, she left. You know, she was gone with the wind forever. It, it was something they added in the Kiwami part of Kiwami 2. Yeah. So it was new to that. It wasn't originally in 2. Kiwami 2 is the one that I remember the least about, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, maybe in a couple of years you'll get to replay it for a backtrack and refresh your memory. Yeah, every time I hear about it, it's got it's got these great parts to it, and it just I don't know, like somehow I breeze through it. I think I was you know trying to, I mean that was the third game in a row I'd played, and I wanted to get to the next one, and I didn't take the time to really probably appreciate it. So one of the best bad guys, and you get to fight a tiger. Tigers. Mm-hmm. Oh, just one. Oh, was tiger. it two? I don't remember. It was one. This, well, which game has the double tiger fight? Three? Oh, I, I don't, it, was it six? six I went yeah. this, oh, okay. I was thinking it was three because that was that's the that's the one I've been the longest. No, it is Yakuza two. You have you have one round where it's one tiger, and then uh, towards the end you fight two tigers. Well, yeah, I thought it was just one. It's feral tigers. It's two. So you three do it has, twice. Um, three has Kiryu's. Um, Aniki, who dies in the like the Colosseum or whatever that is, like that arena style area, which which kind of made me sad. Completely off topic. Yeah, that that arena was kind of insane. Um, especially since I I did really good in the story section of it, but then when I went back to do the actual arena, I kind of got my ass handed to me. What's the park in the the Hobo Park? That later becomes a big building by the, that where Majima Construction builds their thing. What's uh, that called? What West Park? I think West Park. Yeah. Okay, that sounds right. That's man. That's been off the map for so long. I can't even remember it now. <laughs> I remember uh, like certain things. Like I remember better from these games than probably where I live. I'm gonna say if you ever go to Shinju or wherever the neighborhood is supposed to be, I already forgot. Um, if you ever go to this neighborhood, you're probably going to have like a, whoa, I, this is familiar. Where have I, why have I been here? Yeah, listen, if oh, I don't, you have. if I don't find the floors living under West Park, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> is he, that's another character I really, I really love, but I don't think he's in zero. No, I don't think the floors showed up. No, so there are exactly three characters that do not show up in zero. Date, Haruka, <laughs> And the flower. Well, Haruka is not born yet. That's right. <laughs> no and Date, Date huh? And Date's, well, lower rank of the police force. Well, yeah, it's, he, hasn't, his, he hasn't made his career yet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the florist is just the florist. Mm. Like, I think at that point, we don't even know that there's an underground network of, spy, of cameras spying on people. Oh, well, true, because there's no Millennium Tower, so... Why bother? He doesn't have, have a job yet. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to have to have a Kiwami podcast next year, mainly so that I can continue my weird playthrough marathon uh-huh. and so that Pascal can talk, talk about it some more. Well, what are you going to play next? Are you going to go to four and then maybe Dead Souls? No, no I want to play Kiwami next. Oh, I thought we were cause... doing the, yeah. the podcast host order. No, no, no. no. Yeah, what? 
like she's already been she, Kelly's already doing a weird order as it is. Well, we don't... well, it it was weird because you guys had done a couple of different um, Yakuza shows for the previous iteration of Backtrack, and then we were kind of continuing on, and then now we've looped back around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you started with six, right? Yeah, because it was like on, we was doing a Backtrack on it, and it was on sale. So I went ahead and grabbed it. And it's like, you know what? I'm not playing anything right now. I'm going to boot it up. So I still do on it because it had Cat Cafe. Yeah, yeah. So. And the Cat Cafe is great. Yeah. Don't, it's so cute, especially when you sit down and they get in your lap. Uh, okay. Well, we've, we've gotten to cats. I think we need to move on to the round table unless anybody has anything else they want to say. No. Nope. I, I nope. think we're good. Good. um, We'll be right back after this brief musical interlude. back to RPG Backtrack, where we now get into the round table. Um, S- Sam had to bail, by the way. She was falling asleep, which is fine. We do tend to record this later at night, but this is kind of like our personal feelings about the game, uh, what, what our favorite things were, um, what we were doing when we were in our lives when we were playing it. Um, and my, my first question that I usually have to ask for a Yakuza game, what is your favorite side activity? Oh, man. There were just so many in this one. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I loved, I think I maxed out both the property minigame that Kiryu had on his side, the hostess game yeah. on Majima's side. Um, but like, like I think personally, I got really into the pocket circuit racing because I, I, I remember having that as a kid, having the little pocket circuit little setup and that's, playing that with my dad and it's just like oh getting into that was so much fun even though it's slot kind of like, cars yeah slot cars yeah uh, okay yeah but uh, i think the one other thing we never we we did one other side thing we didn't get to talk about and i think it'd be remiss if we went all the way through yakuza zero without talking about was was nugget so <laughs> <laughs> we we missed talking about one of the most famous characters from yakuza zero and i don't think you got him kelly did you not get uh nugget pascal no because i i didn't bowl Okay. I think I did. So if you go do bowling, I think I forget what you have to do. A couple of different times, like the the person that runs the alley is like, "Hey, we're running a a deal. If you bowl a turkey, you get a turkey. It's a special." And Kiryu's like, "Okay, cool." So then you have to go and do bowling. And if you manage to bowl a turkey, the 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 person running the bowling alley comes out and is like, "Okay, let me go in the back and get it." And the they come out and they bring out a live chicken. And Kiryu's like, that's not a turkey. And the person's like, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, we were supposed to get a turkey, but we couldn't find one. So this is all we got. My parents run a farm. So I brought it, brought in a chicken. 
He's like, it's alive. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with a live chicken? He's like, well, like I said, I worked on a farm. I can I can take it out back and I can kill it and, and defeather it and, you know, cook it up for you. He's like, here, let me take it in the back. I'll do that for you. And the Kiryu's like, wait a second. And there's just this intense stare between Kiryu and the chicken. And then Kiryu and the chicken. Kiryu <laughs> and the chicken. He's like, no, it. no, I'm keeping it. She's like, you don't want me to go and go and kill it and turn it? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to keep him. And I'm going to call him Nugget. <laughs> and then he becomes, then Nugget becomes one of the uh, managers you can use in the uh, property <laughs> minigame. And he's an awesome <laughs> manager of your, of your properties. <laughs> because, you know, Yakuza. And then it becomes a tradition in every game where he's, there's a chicken as a character in the little side activity. Yes, correct. Because I remember Omelette and uh, <laughs> Like a Dragon. Yep. That's why they're. That's what they're calling back to. That sounds like the localizers having a lot of fun with their names. Mm. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll bet in Japanese it was like Tamago or something like that. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, that being said, so I tried not to get too sucked into the mini games in this one because I needed to finish it in time for the show, and in time for the glut of modern games to come out for me to play. Uh, That that being said, I always get sucked into the claw machines in the series um i don't know what it is i think i think this time around what got me was that they had sega themed stuff like uh oppa oppa the the ship from fantasy zone as a toy and like plush mega drives and i want a plush mega drive that's just like the one in this game because it has little hands and feet we didn't even talk about that this time like didn't the arcade the sega arcade in this one have like um eras era authentic uh, oh yeah games yeah uh super hang on fantasy zone and space harrier yeah and i think one of the outruns? outrun yeah outrun i think it's just the original outrun yeah so anything that would have been popular by sega in the 90s so no virtual fighter mm. that kind of stuff i do love that this is like my fucking main exposure to some of these old sega games uh i'm, I'm a sega kid i know many of these games well, yeah, but like, like, well, yeah, but like, you know, I mean, um, I would, I wouldn't have played like virtual on if otherwise. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I have virtual on for the uh, Saturn. It's not that great. <laughs> 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 I picked it up for like $7 at a Sears when they were pulling out Saturn games. They, um, they, they just have a ball in these games, kind of like dicking back through all the Sega history. Wait, wait till you get to judgment um, where you, you can actually just get an old mega drive and play mega drive games oh man can, can you play the original fantasy star oh, God, i can't remember now huh i don't remember that in judgment judgment two all... excuse me am i oh am I two thinking? okay yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I highly doubt it it would just be neat because you know all they need is the rom file the, the fact that they actually built like a, a master system emulator within a game yeah. cracks me up um so Ryan, did you have a favorite activity or side activity? Uh, yeah, the cabaret club. Any game. Okay. And yep, then Pascal, same. did you say? Did you say yours? Yeah, same cabaret. Uh, um, yeah. Rare. It's, I just, it's a rare occurrence where I get into any like sports or racing, bowling. Like I don't really uh, like. I might do like a round of it or something just to kind of check it off the the mental yeah. checklist and say I've done it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. A lot of these mini games, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I'll I'll go do this if I happen to pass by. 
I've never engaged with any of the housing mini games in any of the um, Yakuza games, but the Cabaret Club I did do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing is just good. You didn't even do stocks in like a dragon. Are you asking me? Yeah, I haven't played that yet. Oh, okay. Because um, stocks well, does not sound fun. <laughs> it. it, it Believe it or not, it actually is. Uh, you make a lot of money doing stocks. Shareholder meetings are awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in real time, probably. No, I didn't do like the drone oh. racing and judgment. The the chicken race is it chicken racing? I feel like it is something like that in um in Yakuza Five. I think I brought that up Sounds earlier. Right. Well, isn't it in place of fighting? There, they... there is chicken oh. racing in Ishin. So I mean, like. Any of that stuff, if I'm going to do it at all, probably needs to have a storyline, which is one of the reasons I did uh, cabaret stuff. But even yeah. then, it's not a given. Like I, I, I is I think there's maybe a storyline for the um for the real estate stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, it wasn't as strong as the cabaret. Was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The business thing is isn't quite as engaging minute to minute. Yeah, like I I played um uh, some of the 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 baseball seasons or not seasons that's that's exaggerating but i did stick with the baseball a little bit in some of the later games because there was like a slight storyline there yeah uh, also um, real real yeah. quick pro tip for uh like a dragon when you do get into it the Ooh, um, stocks yeah. the stocks have a secret character tied to it cool i'm nice. hoping yeah. that'll be the summer maybe or if not the summer definitely yeah. this year I should, yeah, I should find, I should finally get around to that one. Yeah, it's definitely on my short list right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so the your next question, did you guys have a favorite fighting style? Uh, yeah, uh, Majima, duh. <laughs> Majima is the style. <laughs> just Majima, not even his specific style, just playing what? as Majima. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'd say, yeah, whatever that one with the bat, Slugger, I think it was. Yeah. Slugger, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think that was probably Slugger the best. And most useful one breakdancing was awesome yeah. to look at but not uh, yeah. not necessarily awesome to use yeah i mean it was cool when you could actually like get them to do that like break like the when you're just <laughs> having him like just flip around like that that was cool kind of, so, he's kind of bombastic his fighting styles are all kind of bombastic yeah so yeah like i said for majima it ended up being the sluggard style because i like the uh just yeah. the that crack uh, of that bat um uh, something about that was so satisfying and then for kiryu across I liked, somebody's skull <laughs> yeah um for kiryu i like the beast style the best just because it seemed like it was kind of the nice balance between bra brawler and what was the other one again rush. sorry you cut out there what was it rush oh, rush yeah brawler rush. rush it was like yeah, really rush. fast it was really fast but it was also really strong and i liked that it auto picked up things because i was having trouble picking up things myself well um, this is why you'll probably in, enjoy saijima when you finally get around to a game with him in it ah cool because he's the one that can throw like motorcycles i think around at his enemies cool. yeah yeah he can pick up the big stuff because he's a big guy <laughs> Um, you said earlier you hated him. I think you're gonna enjoy him when you finally get I, get to him. I I got him confused with a villain. Oh, that's I true. I think yeah. that, so. My bad. But oh, does anybody else have a particular favorite fighting style? I just I kind of look at them as like oh they get the job done. I don't know that I really you know looking back at it like two years later not not favored enough to remember. As long I as see. as long as the combat is you know workable, it's just a a means to an end really for in Yakuza I think. I know, yeah, and I've definitely seen people say that combat's like their least favorite part of these games, and I, I kind of get it because 
Because, a brawler combat can always kind of be a bit repetitive. I always felt like yeah. Yakuza is kind of like, it's still kind of viscerally satisfying, you know, like just yeah. to, to take this guy, you know, like someone maybe you don't like and just really just beat his face into the ground. Um, I, in particular, I like being a, or as Kiryu picking up somebody and basically using them like a giant uh, pendulum, well not pendulum, like a giant mace to beat the crap out of everybody else if you've got a group. Oh, oh man, yeah, like, oh god, like, there's, I actually I actually remember my playthrough, at one point I like, fuck it, you can actually get, if you actually ha- grab like, a, if you happen to have like a fucking like salt, a st- not t- like, what do you call those things that hold salt? Salt shaker? Salt yeah, shaker. yeah, salt shaker. If you happen to have a salt shaker and you do it, he actually, Kirill will just like fucking like Put, just shake it into his eyes. It's great. Oh, and I'm it glad you brought similar. that up. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up, Ryan, because that reminded me. So, um, Josh is playing Ishin right now and brought up a thing about oranges. Oh. And in this game, I learned that if you keep oranges in your inventory, you can do a heat move where you you basically make orange juice with someone's face. Oh my God. <laughs> what does he take a, an orange half and squeeze it on their nose or something? Mm-hmm. No, no, no? He, okay. he, he sticks an orange in their mouth and then <laughs> smashes their face in with his foot. Oh, that's great. And it's like, okay, mental note, keep at least five oranges in my inventory at all times, because this is a great move and it's a great way to end a fight. <laughs> Oh man, that sounds brutal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it's brutal every time you see it, especially when he stamps that foot down. But it is amazing. I kicked you so hard, I made orange juice. <laughs> yep. Um. So I guess this is an obvious question, but I wanted to ask it anyway because I didn't know if anybody would be contrarian. Uh, which story did you like better, Kiryu's or Majima's? Come on, Kelly. It's it's I mean, Majima. It's Majima, but also I do have I do have some feelings about Nishiki. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah, we 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 agree. I think on that. Okay, um, that that's an easy question. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, keep 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 going, Ryan. I just want to say whatever you're saying is probably the same thing I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah, like I know, I just really like like Kiryu's whole thing with Nishiki because like I got I I, I got to shout out that one that when the beginning of the game when they're just talking and like Nishiki is just fucking like dunking on Kiryu's fashion sense. It's great. <laughs> yep, that's funny too. It's just like. Nishiki, do you have do you have do you have some feelings here? Or... <laughs> and and then finally, I actually forgot to ask this on the last show, and I don't, don't know why. I think it just I, we were talking about Vuga, and it just kind of completely ate my brain. Uh, what are you guys' memories while you was playing this game? Do you have you associate it with anything, or what were you doing in your life when, in 2017 when you was playing this? God, I just I just associate it with that that year being absolutely jam packed with stuff. I mean that that was you know Breath of the Wild. And, that was that year. Yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah, that was Persona Five. And, the year where Japanese games were back, baby. Oh man, yeah, and 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 somehow I managed to put like 120 hours into Yakuza Zero, and I don't know how. Oh man, that's <laughs> yeah, I yeah I play. I played it over the course of two months, and I think my final time for my for that for that playthrough was like eighty six hours. I, I definitely did a good deal of the side stuff. Yeah, I never understand when people talk about any Yakuza game as like not short but average length. To me, 
they're like full-blown open world games like i'm thinking if you're going in below six if you're or if you're finishing below 60 hours you did something wrong uh, and i mean i finished like like six and like 40 something so there you go well six was kind of the shortest six one is a different beast in a way yeah, yeah. i mean I five mean, five I, I got like 70 something with five i mean the funny thing is i said that i i mainlined this not really doing a lot of side content and my counter at the end was still 40 hours yeah, I mean, I yeah. think my I think my replay was like 32, 32, 33. I mean, it's it, it said 118 because I was actually doing New Game Plus, and that like it just adds to whatever what the time you had for the first playthrough. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, it, you can you can get what you want out of it if you yeah. if you just want the story, then yeah, okay. I don't expect 60 hours worth of story, right? But right, I I don't think there's been a single Yakuza game where I've only wanted the story. Like I routinely yeah. palette cleanse with a bunch of bullshit so <laughs> well, in, yeah. in the in the best like, way possible you know that's that's generally how i play these like i was only kind of rushing the story in my playthrough because i because i needed to get to the end yeah i think that's how you know like well i mean people can play it however they want but i think that's a good way if you're starting out in the series is to just like, you know, kind of like experiment and dabble and try and see like, what are the things that you like and what are the things that you don't in this one? Cause there's yeah. so much stuff packed into this game. There's kind of no way you can do totally everything. Oh, and so Jesus. <laughs> I mean, people tried a hundred percent these and well, that kind of, I feel like that sucks the joy out of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I've, I, I, I've kind of gone down that rabbit hole before and, and yeah, nearly made myself miserable trying to do that. But Are yeah, we, this is one where you need to dabble, figure out the things you like, yeah. and then, you know, ignore the things you don't. A weird thing I've started to do, but maybe just with the last like one or two that I've played is I'll try not to run. I always walk to where I need to be <laughs> because. <laughs> Yeah. I, f I feel like um, <clears throat> Kiryu or um, uh, Yagami, sometimes they have a reason to run, and that's fine. Like when the story demands it, I'll run. Like if, you know, if there's a reason to hurry. But most of the time, it's just. Well, I'm strolling through the city like everybody else. I don't know what's waiting over. I don't I don't have a map with a magic marker on it that tells me to go there. Not in real life, I don't. So I'm just gonna go at my own pace. Uh, um mm -hmm. yeah. it, it does add some time to the to the the clock. Yeah, I think I think I like yeah, I think I I did that with like Kuami 2 and sex. And by the way, Ryan, you just mentioned Yakuza 6 again. How mm -hmm. excited was I when um Ono Michio showed up in judgment? <laughs> Uh, I haven't I haven't played Judgment, so yeah, it's a side mission or one or two huh. side missions. Something I think it's actually more than one, but it's that uh, it's really cool. And um, I don't know if you ever find out who's in the costume. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I kind of I kind of pretended that it was Kiryu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at some point cool. we're gonna have to yeah. do a judgment uh, yeah. backtrack yeah I'm, i definitely need to play at some point so this that might actually help um i will say that so i played this recently so it's not like i have a whole lot of nostalgia but i did start playing this at around the same time that i got my kitten frankie and he became kind of my gaming buddy while i was playing this and would curl up on my lap and just Aww. be all all sorts of cute and purry and stuff and then get mad when you know fighting the fighting in the game would get intense and i would get kind of tense and uh kind of ro rocking in my recliner um try trying to do some of the more intense fights and then he would get mad and leave or that that's when he started sleeping on the uh foot of the recliner uh which is always annoying at the end of the night because you know 
I don't want to drop him, but he gets mad when I move him. So um, that that's my associative memory for Yakuza Zero. Um, you know what? You just hit on the right word, and it just kind of dawned on me when you said it. Like I don't have nostalgia for a game from 2017. That's not that's not far back enough for me to have nostalgia about something, <laughs> except somehow for Yakuza I do. You know, I, just, I feel like I feel like it's valid to have nostalgia for something for 2017 because the last few years have been uh, weird. You definitely can. I just can't think of any other game that that isn't from you know my childhood that I would still be nostalgic for. But in Yakuza's case, that that word is like very applicable. I know it's kind of an intangible thing. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah. It, there's just something about it, you know. Well, um, if and unless we have any other memories left to go over, I think that is a show. Um, no, it's a good show. <laughs> yep, definitely, definitely a fun one to talk about. It's always mm-hmm. fun to talk about the Yakuza games. Uh, I don't know when we're gonna next going to have a Yakuza cast, and I can't really say what we're going to talk about next show because it's kind of up in the air right now. We're doing some schedule tweaking yeah. to give people more time to play stuff, so uh-huh. th- we'll just let the next show be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, th- thank you, Ryan, and thank you, Josh, and thank you, Pascal, and a belated thank you to Sam, who had to bail early. And of course, thank you to my podcast partner in crime, Matt Mason, who I could not do this without. And also a very special thank you to the listeners for listening to us and giving us a reason to do this. Uh, We will talk to you later. (laughs) 